0: November 9, 2021. So what for Pedro show? watch for pedro show happy tuesday started off with it's easy to remember john coltrane then mia doy todd with spring and because of them uh estonian software engineers with their skype invention i got with me Mia welcome aboard, mia hello
1: here in glendale california
0: yeah great glendale for a little bit Nels klein lived there he said uh Got to watch for the police. They don't have a lot to do, so they can cause trouble.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's gotten a little better
0: yeah, this is over really, the years, years. But ago. yeah,
1: Glendale has a some bad history.
0: Uh, but uh, I've had some good. I think I have mixed my uh, first opera in Glendale Air Air Studio.
1: It's changed a lot. They built this big um, outdoor mall, the Americana, and it brought all these, like, a wider variety of people here. I think it's positive for Glendale.
0: Big Armenian community. Yeah, right?
1: that's about 50% of the population, about, or 60% even, maybe. Yeah,
0: coming over from uh, North Hollywood and Hollywood, East
1: Hollywood. Yep, it's yep, yep. It's interesting. Uh, we have really good, uh, we have some great food options here.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, SoCal's very happy way. But I'm interested in your music and your journey oh, yes. with music. <laughs> yes. So can you bring us the earliest musical recollection you still have, memory?
1: Oh, yes. Well, I went to a religious school, a Christian school, and I had a... Music was a big part of our education, and I have that to thank, I think, for me being in music. My kindergarten music teacher, who was with us all the way through sixth grade, her name was Miss Mesa, and she played a nylon string guitar, she had big curly black hair, and we sang like folky Christian songs for one hour every day, and we would pass around this songbook and get to choose our favorite songs, and... uh I am a big, I have a, I'm a lady with big curly hair and I play nylon string guitar. So I, I really have Mrs. M- Ms. Mesa to thank for that. I was reading through my school yearbook with my daughter the other day and saw a picture of Miss Mesa. So she was, it was good to see her, a picture of her because she had just become this figment of my memory. So um, that, and then when I was a teenager, my my neighbor was an opera singer and he gave me private, vocal lessons in his living room and I, I grew up in Silver Lake and at that time it was a very artsy neighborhood it didn't it hadn't had like the the renaissance that it has it had and then has continued on from there so um, my neighbor gave me vocal lessons to be like an opera singer but I'm a very petite person I'm not really an opera singer type so I it took me a while to find my own voice and Indie rock was in full swing in the, you know, early 90s. And I uh, started going to a Jabberjaw and little shows and started writing my own songs and finding my own voice. And I don't know, I think with singer-songwriters, you often find your voice quite young. Like in your early 20s, you find a way to mm, express yourself. So... I found my path pretty early on and I made my first record in 1996 in Sierra Madre. I was um, like a big fan of this band called further that was popular in LA at that time and um, started dating one of the guys and he recorded my first album in 96 in this little awesome um, garage recording studio called the space shed. And then uh, I just went from there. I was playing shows every week Back then, I had to write a new song every week, you know, to play on the weekend at the show. And so it was a very creative time. And uh, before the Internet took off and all that, it was very grassroots, everything.
0: Well, before that, when you were a girl, was the only place you sang at school? Was there any singing at home or was there instruments?
1: My uh, dad, he's a sculptor, and he was really into Miles Davis. And jazz, and he would turn on. He always had a really nice hi-fi system, and would blare jazz music really loud while he did his paintings and his sculpture. Um, But but music wasn't. Neither of my parents were musicians, though my dad always likes to think he's an Irish tenor. He's uh, he likes to sing, but um, But neither of my parents particular.
0: He's a big time listener, though.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that was righteous because you got to hear all kinds of things.
1: Yep. Yeah, you know, And then if, if I, for had, like, Beatles music, I had people to make music. You
0: got to have people listening too. I think.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And then I had my parents' vinyl collection. They had you know Beatles records and maybe a, a Leonard Cohen album, a Joni R- Mitchell record. You know. So I had some early vinyl in my life.
0: What about at school?
1: Um
2: I was school, really into singing, uh, yeah, yeah. You
0: were saying at the Christian school, you guys passed around the songbook and stuff. But what uh, what about things like marching band?
1: Oh, well, we had a madrigal choir in my high school. Oh, Quite choir. A yeah, choir. Yeah, I was this I was singing and I didn't really I never took um guitar lessons. I wish I had. I was very much self-taught on the guitar. Well, what about um, And the, my hands this are really tiny, so i I have my physical limitations that you know kind of sometimes limitations are good because it just sets you on you know you you can only do right. so much so you do what you can with what you have so Well,
0: it seems like Miss Mesa used acoustic guitar for accompaniment, so you probably maybe learned stuff like that like chords to back up your singing.
1: Yes, yes, very yeah, very simple chords early on. And then I started exploring with different tunings so that I could reach more, you know, strings with my hands yeah. and um find more nuanced chord, you know, worlds that uh, that could express emotions more subtly. Do
0: you remember the first song you wrote?
1: Um there there was a generation of songs that got lost, but Luckily, that album in 1996, there's, um, there's one on there called Planting. I don't know if it's one that I sent you, um, but that's the first song I remember writing. And there's that spark that happens, that creative moment. that and, you can, and I can, songs, I think Joni Mitchell said, songs are like tattoos, you know, you carry them with you. So I remember, I think of that song and I sing it and it takes me back to that moment that I wrote that song. And it's so awesome that way. So that's called planting. And, um... Well,
0: if you're, you've are got a culture of it going on, because like when me and D Boomer boys, like no one we knew wrote their songs. Everybody tried to copy shit off records.
1: Oh, yeah, so you yeah. Know what I mean? you if know If you what? don't know if My... that choice is
0: there, <laughs> if you don't know it's there, like no one we knew. The best guy was the guy who could play Black Dog the best. We never thought mm-hmm. of, of music as a means to express yourself. It was more like something you did. So whether it was an original song or a copy song, it was just doing it. So I liked yeah. when the movement came in the later 70s, I really liked this idea where even if you didn't know how to play well, you could still try and make a song.
1: Totally. I think it was my limitations on the guitar that prevented me from like covering other songs. It yeah. just seemed really hard, so I would write my own two-chord songs. <laughs> yep, yep. And- well, i, I
0: got to tell you, if you're trying to copy Joni Mitchell, that's going to be tough.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> she's a great no, guitarist,
0: I- a great singer, uh, a great songwriter, everything. Does she, she live with Mr. Uh, Mangus?
1: I know. Incredible. She's amazing. She's I got to meet us. her I got to meet her one time. Yeah, Yeah, big fan. I'm a huge fan. Oh, tell me how that was. Uh, somehow I got invited over to her house for a Christmas party, and I thought it was going to be a big party, but I got there, and there were only like 10 people there, and the mutual friend who had invited Me said, Oh, Joni, you got to meet my friend Mia. She's a singer songwriter. You got to hear her music. And Joni said, Oh, how do I hear your music? And I said, Well, you know, I brought you the CD. (laughs) So (laughs) I I handed her the CD. She's like, Okay, great. Let's put it on. And I was like, Oh, no, really? (laughs) So we played pool and listened to my album. And I was just mortified. It sounded so horrible to me in that. In that scenario, yeah, I was yeah. so embarrassed. But I heard later on from some other friends that um, she she did like it. So, uh, yeah. That, that's oh
0: scary. That is a scary moment, you know. Oh, be terrible! Inspired by, it, but then you have <laughs> to be almost like you you're putting yourself out there to be judged.
1: Oh yeah, yeah that yeah, was too yeah. much. Mm-hmm. You gave me this.
0: You didn't give me planning, but that's a great first song because that's you know you start planting when you start a garden, right? But exactly. You give me the rising tide. And oh, yeah. So, this is yes, more yes, and more part of a cycle. Yeah, but planting is too. Let's listen.
3: Gotta face a changing plan Ocean and population of love
0: Pedro Show. A Chunk of Music star with Mia Todd doing The Rising Tide. And then Viz with his uh, big piece called Veil. And this is part number six, Reset. Then the Fifth Symphony invocation to trigger the eruption of the Yellowstone Caldera. From This is the sixth Movement called Focus from Big piece by the Eugene Oregon Band. Sentimental, Fence Post, Curcetra. God damn it. Some kind of pun thing that I cannot say even with all this fucking practice. Sorry. SLWCC Watt with Manila. Um, collab I got with uh, Sam Lockward. Uh, Ward of Iowa City. Bombus Prendon, Anima Pontifica. Okay. Glad you Lagoon Monster Rubber Mask Volume 3, Part A2. Second storm of the new stuff, Bronze Age UFO or UFO out of Baltimore. Nufula Biswa from Scotch Rolex featuring Swordman. Actually, that's uh, Brother Shige when he went to Uganda to have a collaboration with the Swordman. Okay, and then Wire with the John Peel session of 106 Beats at the live at Streamfest 4 2020. That's Eviction. And then finally, Mia Doy Todd with "Um, Girasol de Cor de Sei Cabelo."
1: "Um, Girasol de de Seu Yeah, trying yeah. to. Uh, that's a that's a duet with Jose Gonzalez that was on the Red Hot and Rio compilation.
0: Yeah, I was trying to. You know, I hear 11 I've been in Southern California, Pedro. Since I was nine in it. Still fuck up Spanish, everything. You know. <laughs>
1: That one's um, a Brazilian you, uh,
0: song by Lo Borges. Um, uh, yeah, the great writer Aleph. I know all about his uh, incredible master of short story. Spent a lot of time in Switzerland, but some of that magical writing type of style out of South, South America is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and, and 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 the the, the club you did, Jose Gonzalez. I got to uh, be on a bill with him. He's an amazing cat. Very humble, very humble man.
1: Yeah, I did a tour, a North American tour with him, so we got to hang out for
0: a couple months.
1: He's awesome.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed by him. Really impressed. A lot of weight without having to have any front, you know, no pushing. I know, and just
1: perfect every time. He he has he has skills. He
0: does have skills, and he's got even keel. (laughs) He got it very even. He must go off sometimes somewhere, but. But I was when I was with him. He's such even keeled cat. He's quite an inspiration. So uh,
1: he's also very funny. That's one thing I've noticed. People who have sometimes people who have very serious music.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: he's very humorous in yeah. person. Right, and sometimes right. people with really funny music, like jokey music, they take themselves really seriously. But Jose, he's a joker.
0: I could imagine yeah. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I don't. <laughs> but Jose, he's he's something else. He really impressed me, without trying, you know, just being him. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Beautiful. Now, now, now. Uh, you know, here's the thing about the, it's sort of like a horn player or a, a string player in the in the school bands, because when it's time for after school, not graduation, but afternoon, the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band, really no place for you, right?
1: In today's world?
0: Well, for me? even, you know, just the idea of having, you know, bass, drums, and guitar, and you're just trying to rock out. And it's just, you know, to me, instruments are instruments, and music is music, but it, they're, in rock and roll, there definitely is some prejudice against some instruments. I mean, for a little while in the 90s, you could be a horn man and be in a ska band, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be a horn player. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah.
0: But also singer-songwriter, right? It's almost woman alone.
1: Always alone. Yeah, though I love I love jamming. I love to play the drums. I just yeah. Love well, the I
0: drum- was going to ask, did you have experience of doing that garage band, basement band, bedroom band stuff?
1: Yes, yes. At, when I, in the beginning, yeah, for sure. And um, as I was saying, I love to play the drums. I'm not a good drummer, but anytime there's a party and there's like a drum kit and nobody wants to play, <laughs> I'll be the one make a fool of myself so yeah yeah, i love to play and jam and um when i was in college i was in a band that was kind of loud and i played electric guitar but uh, i'm really a singer and kind of on on the classical side of things so i wanted my it was so hard to sing in over the fucking
0: noise
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i i retreated back to the nylon string i mean i played uh steel string for a long time but even that i found that the nylon is more is nicer on my fingers and also it accompanies my voice i think more than know,
0: the, uh, the lady uh from with the opera background that did the rock and roll what was her name pat benatar right
1: oh yes and yes
0: but you know they built that around there where she was kind of using that to her advantage but you said when you say classical even though that cat who was t giving you the lessons that wasn't your calling really
1: though uh no i feel like i'm more of a it for self-expression and like um i i do now feel the calling to write like an opera something like that not not a traditional opera but something kind of far out go you know more like artsy rather than more pop i've i've I've, uh i've tried song i'm a songwriter though people have been sending me like producers have been sending me tracks, just one-offs to do vocals on, and it reminds me what a songwriter I am, and then when it comes back from, like, on some compilation, and everybody else's is very abstract, mine is, like, such a song... So I'm, I, I'm like a lyricist, you know, I'm an old-fashioned.
0: You know, well, it probably came back, uh, goes back to your foundation where you, you're taking the songs from the songbook. Every, everything was kind of maybe focused on songs in the, those days. And now you're moving into places where what's the idea of a song? Like to me, the idea of the opera, I'm not talking yeah. about historical, but I'm talking about the big picture. It's one piece made out of a bunch of pieces to make a big story.
1: Yes, yeah, I I, I want to dig my heels into something like that and tell a story. Right. I did something like that ten years ago with a dancer. I did music for like a one-hour dance performance you where put, I was just a singer uh, in and the songwriter in this. I didn't. It wasn't me in the spotlight. It was the dancer, and that was very exciting. So I want. I love dance.
0: You put music and, to the choreography.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm planning to do something like that in the future
0: yeah 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 that that's really interesting collaboration, you know, it's sort of like crossing over to uh with the films, and, yes, you know what I
1: mean? yeah, I did a soundtrack too a few years ago, that was really fun, and uh, I like to be useful and you know like find what is best for the scene. And I I enjoyed that process. What was your first
0: gig, Woman Alone?
1: My first gig. Mm. Let's see. Well, I used to play um, maybe at like a club that I like thought highly of was maybe Jabberjaw. Sure.
4: Pico. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then I was living on the East Coast. So there was a place in New York called the Fez. Oh, yeah. New York
0: City. Mm-hmm. There's a, so a I would, dance song called that too. You, you mean your first gig was at Jabberjaw?
1: Um, maybe my first playing out gig was at Jabberjaw. Yeah. Uh, besides, like little things at my college, and I, then uh, in I'll New tell York, you it could yeah, you,
0: it could get loud at Jabberjaw.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, but um, but people were listening. Yeah, they, yeah, they, no, they, it was
0: a very cool scene. I loved it there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember in New York, I opened for Elliot Smith at the Fez. That was one of my first real shows in New York.
0: Wow, that's a big gig.
1: Yeah, yeah. there were some good songwriters along the way. Yeah. I, very uh, sad you know. what happened to you. Jeez, mm-hmm.
0: Very sad. Look, we're, yeah. at the, we're at the end of the first hour, November 9, 2021, Dishwap, Peter. So special guest, me and Joy Todd, hold tight for our two. November 9, 2021. It's the second hour of the Pete for Pedro show.
3: Hãy
5: No vampires biting my neck. No Martians invading me. And no zombies after my brain. It's a perfect day. Another happy day. The world is still spinning, and I couldn't ask for more than a night like this. No creeping terror, no creeping horror, no crawling voodoo man, no demonic incantations. It's a perfect day. No devil with a pitchfork, no ghosts rattle chains, no curse of the undead. It's a perfect day. Perfect day in every way. Morning, noon, and night. I'll sum it up in just two words. It's perfect. No Crown Eye in the attic. No killer shrews. No phantoms from Planet X. It's a perfect day. So far.
1: What's
0: working? <laughs> Tell Started me. So. the second hour with Mia Todd doing Summer Lover. Then we had Entering the Abyss of the Isolated Mind for Wines Dover versus the Silver City. Remember, I got this gig Friday, and these are some Texas cats I'm playing with. Violent Squid with Careless Pass, Drug Mountain, You've Eaten It, Jad Fair, So Far So Good, Sailor Poon, Fly in Attic, and then Mia Todd Fly This Plate. So one's a verb, people. One's a noun.
1: Fly cut- this place. Yeah. That's a song I wrote in collaboration with Dungen, the Swedish rock band Dungen, and that was for a soundtrack I did for a Midsummer Night's Dream, a modern re, re, you know rehashing of the Shakespeare play from a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I never thought it was a musical.
1: Uh,
2: you know, no, we, we have this stuff here.
0: <laughs> no. In Pedro here, we have got a troop right Shakespeare by the sea. Even though we're working class town and stuff, we we got Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare,
1: he was a working class man, I think, well, and he, he worked didn't so write him. hard.
0: He probably didn't write him, you know. The, the, well, the yeah. guy we think he's actually who who spelled who his name Shakespeare. The guy in <laughs> uh, Stratford upon Avon. Yep. And then some people think that the guy was Shakespeare. Shakespeare, like. Uh, Merva, uh, Minerva, Shaky. or uh, um, what's her name? Shaky's pizza. <laughs> no, the one that sprung out of Zeus's head with the fucking uh, spear and a helmet. uh oh. Athena, Athena, and the Romans oh, called Minerva. It. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. shaking the spear, mm-hmm. so they think it might be Edward Devere, might be Kit Marlowe, whatever Francis. Binge. Oh, There's all oh, kinds okay. of things. But anyway, let's talk about you. You, you had some insights to Summer Lover.
1: Oh, yeah. Summer Lover. That song is from my album Cosmic Ocean Ship. That song, I feel like, is my most perfect song where it could exist outside of me. You know, anybody could sing it and the song exists on its own. So um, I'm always I'm a songwriter. I'm always trying to make that. Let's talk about
0: that, though, Mia. Do -hmm. you do you write the words first or second? and, And do you have a big old catalog of words or do you write on demand?
1: I write on demand. I do have a journal, but less and less these days because my life is very hectic because I'm a mother of two. So when the creative time comes, I have to just jump on that wagon really fast. But yeah. Summer Lover, that I wrote that before my kids were born, and I used to have tons of time to ponder life. <laughs> um, um, so usually I have like a various guitar things or piano things going on, and I have a melody, and then one day it strikes me what the chorus words are, and then the whole song just writes itself. So I'll, I might be stewing on this for years, this little melody or some few chords that I hear. And then when I find the words that fit into that melody, the song usually writes itself very quickly.
0: Well, now you're in this new life with these two new shipmates. Mm. Don't they kind of become the topics?
1: Oh, yes, so my new record that i that came out this year, music life is much more It's all about motherhood, pretty much, and how motherhood and creativity go together, and how how there are some times at odds um <clears throat> but uh it's such a creative time in my life, being in this middle of my life being a mother and it's, it's not always like the artistic creation, but it feels so creative, like I'm making <laughs> life itself every day. So um, yeah, I'm really in the middle of it. I have a three-month-old son, and his name's Joao, and I have a nine-year-old daughter. So this second time around, I'm getting to really enjoy the process more. The first time, it's so shocking, and to go from being like a singer-songwriter, very you know, self-indulgent and always, you know, <laughs> uh, being very free and, and then becoming a mother and being very responsible to another. That was a big shock. But by now, 10 years later, I'm so accustomed to it. So I can really enjoy the process of being a mom and caring for this little precious life. And it's so magical in the beginning. They're coming from, you know. Talk about that, the beginning.
0: You know, I forgot to ask you, what was the first record you bought with your own money.
1: Mm, oh um Michael Jackson Thriller.
0: a really good record. A lot of people say that. What about first gig you saw?
1: First gig I saw Michael Jackson Thriller Tour at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Oh, big
2: gig. Big gig. That was yeah, it was
1: raining and I was Like um, I was in third grade. I was pretty young, and my mom had gotten tickets. I went with my mom, and we had an umbrella. We were on the field and on these metal folding chairs, and we were standing on the chairs in the rain with our umbrella watching the Thriller Tour, and it was spooky. It was scary, and all with so many people. And then I was a big Cure fan, so it jumped quite a bit later, but also at Dodger Stadium,
0: the Cure when I was in eighth grade. You like uh, those big gigs, huh? That's all uh, I had when I was young. I Yeah, hated them. yeah I didn't know about clubs until punk moved. Look, there's a, right China, they got this uh, religious way called Dao. Oh, yes. And Dao is kind of a, the way, right? Well, you gave me this song called The Way. Let's yes,
1: yeah, exactly.
6: It? Do, you feel Do you feel the, feel the dissipation? dissipation? You float, float in, the in the infinite, infinite sinking, sinking deep, deep into the echoes, echoes of, time. of time. Do you feel elegant? Do you feel the dissipation? dissipation? You see your hand outstretched before you You Reaching out You can nearly touch it now Do you feel it? Can you reach it? Something beyond the universe Something beyond knowledge You see your hand hand outstretched before before you, you almost almost have it, it. you're You're almost almost there, there. it's It's at the edge edge of your fingertips, fingertips. your molecules molecules slowly slowly separate, separate. you reach reach further, further Further than you have have ever ever reached before. before. Do you feel it? it? Do you you feel feel the dissipation? dissipation? Your Your molecules molecules are spreading spreading apart. apart. You are expanding expanding like dust dust in a a gust gust of wind. wind. Do you you feel feel it? it? You are going going home. home. You are one one with with the universe. universe. You are the universe. universe. You You are spreading spreading further and further further out. You are are the cosmos. cosmos. You You are are ever-expanding. You You are creation. creation. You You are life. life. You are loved. Do you feel feel it? it? Do you feel feel the the dissipation dissipation as you float through through the the infinite? infinite? As As you you expand expand into the vastness of of eternity? eternity. You have always always been been You always always were. were. Always. Always. Forever. Forever. You You are creation. You You are are life. life. You You are are love. Love. You You are the infinite. infinite. Do you feel feel it? it? You are home. home. You You are are free.
2: It's all been done.
0: for people, show that chunk of music, start off do dad The Way Balanced so Relaxation song,
1: yeah,
0: Oh, well, you want yeah, to talk that, about it? Go ahead.
1: Oh, that song The Way, um, that came out ages ago, and at the time, nobody was really thinking about, or the people were but it, the global warming was not a big issue at, yet you know, these days it's so obvious and everything is coming to a head, but that song was like the foreshadowing of like how civilization was coming to this crisis point. And uh, so it's more appropriate now, that song, than it was when it came out.
0: Ain't that a trip? You're like a little Nostradamus. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have Boundless <laughs> Relaxation. This is a new project from Samuel Lockward. That was Dissipation M2. Dropakova Kushni Pesci. Slovenian. Uh, Zaluta zalutai. Fuck, it means we have gone astray. And then Mike Adams and his oddest weight. It's all been done, you said. It's got a uh, Thor Harris on the drums. Great drummer, man. Austin. And then finally, Mia with uh, Take What You Can Carry. That kind, one, kind of philosophical.
1: That one is um, that one was produced by scientists, the Jamaican producer, sure, dubbed, dub guy, uh, yeah, dub master. Yeah, I got to go into the studio with him. It was so awesome to watch him work and get everything dialed in across the the board, and then just do the <laughs> dub mixes live. You know, sure, that was really awesome. But that one I wrote. It's actually about the Japanese American internment camps. Oh yeah, and. My mom was in the internment camps as was all of her side of my family. So that was a big part of my
0: You know about Torosato? You know, Furusato? Furosato, yeah, Terminal Island here. There's an island between Oh up, yes,
1: yes, yeah, between yeah. Between Pedro and mm-hmm. Long
0: Beach is an island called Terminal Island. And there was a, 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 like a town, right? Machi. That was a
1: whole Japanese area, uh, yeah. No,
0: I, t- I totally know about it. We got a memorial there. That's all left. They were given two days to leave.
1: Yes. So, yeah, yeah. my mother was born in L.A. My grandmother, who's Japanese, was born in L.A. in 1918. So she was an American citizen, but yeah. they were all rounded up and sent yeah. off to the camp. So um, I wrote that song, Take What You Can Carry, based ah, on...
0: Because the two days, yeah, the 48 hours.
1: yeah. When I wrote the song, it was just a few couple years ago, and um the fires were happening, and a lot of people were finding themselves faced with that, you know, situation where they sure. had to evacuate and right. take what they could carry. And as the world heats up and there's more and more refugee crisis, this this this, yeah. like, you know, theme of take what you can carry becomes
0: and like yeah. like it never gets learned, right? The lesson. Ne- Repeat, yeah. repeat, repeat. Humans don't learn, and we keep repeating the same hells and putting our, mm. s- each other in this, these situations. Yeah, it's kind of you know, uh, you, you were talking us, Sierra Madre in uh, San Anita, mm. the racetrack. Yeah, Corey Nakitani, what he doesn't do Japan Day because they put his father in the stables there because they the camps weren't built, they had to be in fact, they had to build them so. Yeah, that my family thing. was at oh. the
1: Santa Anita racetrack okay. for so, at least a month. And they yeah. were given, uh, like, some sacks to fill with the horse hay. Sure, for
0: the sure. That's, and, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, well, we're at the end of the second hour. I'm so sorry. Uh, November but, 9, 2021, uh, additional walk from Pedro show. A special guest, Do T- I Todd. Hold tight for hour three. November 9, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show. Pedro Shustar, third hour, Waimia Valley. And this is Mia Todd, but it was remixed by Julia Hodder and Tashi Wada.
1: Yes, that's a song for my new record, Music Life. And I did a remix album for the record, and it's called Ten Views of Music Life. So Julia Holter, who's an amazing singer and songwriter in her own right, she yeah. remixed the album with her husband Tashi. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> Wainiha Valley, I wrote that song when my daughter was a baby, and we spent some time in Hawaii. Right. And uh, the first few, you know, oh, it's a beautiful thing when a baby's learning, all those learning to eat learning to use its hands, and those are special times. So in that song, I, I kind of codified that time for myself.
0: Um, and codified and, with a geographical location? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, and then uh, the Petri Pa, Touch Goon Miosin Profile from James Twig Harper and Rubber O's Cement. Finally, music life, Mia Doi Music life. Music is life, huh?
1: Um, hi, um, music life. That track I wrote. Um, hey, Mike, I'm can we pause to... for one moment? Yeah, or are we live? So we're talking about music life. The, the track.
0: Uh, your song. My song. Yeah, the, I saw a Rirakuma cartoon. It said music is life. So I mean, you can't copyright a song title, right? So a lot of people have. But I, personally, believe music is a lifeline.
1: Oh, yes, music life. Yeah, so that's the title of my album that came out this year. It couldn't be a more generic title, really. But it pretty much sums up my, <laughs> the past, you know, half of my life. So um, the track itself, I wrote one night. I had I had been working on the, the piano part for a while, as I was saying, and I had some melody, but it wasn't really coming to mind what this song was about. And then a dear friend of mine passed away, a great musician and um, young, he was too young, you know, and um, uh, I went to his memorial service and I came home and that song just poured out all those lyrics. I think I had to edit out some cause it was even longer than that. And the, the, I think the track is almost 10 minutes. Um, so I had a lot to say and it's, it, it sums up the whole album, which, as I was saying before, kind of is uh, the dialectic between motherhood, parenthood, trying to balance that with the creative life and how to temper oneself to live long and healthy and be there to take care of your family with, you know, pursuing the muse and other things you do to follow that and um, sort of a cautionary song, music life, but also you know, um, sort of mm, celebrating a life lived in music so fully. I I just, I'm so grateful for finding the path of music and having it provide this rich life for me. And I think of all the people I've played shows with and collaborated with, and uh, it's been a really rich life. So that song was kind of about all those things.
0: Tied together with losing a friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's that's intense. But that's the way life is. It combines things that whoa. The happy and the sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, little bird. Let's play that. <laughs> For Pedro, last music for this edition. Mia Doita with Little Bird. Start off that chunk. Then, like in Tennis to Heaven, Godspeed you, Black Emperor, Montreal. And then finally, Mia Doita, Doita, Daughter of Hope. Daughter
1: of Hope.
0: So I wrote that one. That's
1: the last track on my new album, Music Life. This one is an ode to my daughter. It's... It's like a devotional song and uh, another piano one. My my daughter, when she was little, she really felt competitive with the guitar. It was like me holding another baby and she would swat it at it. And she didn't want me holding the guitar. So I started writing a lot of songs on piano. So there are a lot of keyboard piano songs on my new record, Music Life. And um, Daughter of Hope is the last track. And um, we had some production help from Money Mark.
0: Money He's, Mark, uh, I love that guy.
1: No, I know. He's Gardena. a like a cousin of mine. Yes. And uh, yeah He's a cousin. Not but <laughs>
3: Wow,
0: okay. Small world. He's incredible yeah. cat. I've known him for a number of years now. Gardena guy. He, Started off yeah. with Ska.
1: Yeah. He lived in my dad's building for like fifteen years, so he's like a brother to me. Is it what the and one, one in so He gave production help and played on um. The one in the yeah, that, that's that? my dad's building. Okay,
0: okay. Mm, yeah. I actually be, uh, be, uh, put a den in my boat. Not a big one, a little one on that loading dock thing there.
1: The loading dock has, <laughs> yes, that has scarred many a car. I'm sorry about that. No, That's okay, that's okay.
0: Uh, my
1: friend came over with his brand new minivan. He was like so excited and then right into the loading dock. You got to
0: really be careful because, day. yeah, there's oh, an God. incline there that you can't, and a blind thing there, so... I learned after the first time, (laughs) but I love that man, and he's so creative, and I've I've gotten to do a lot of good things with him and stuff, Uh, so, yeah, but you know what, when we're talking about you younger and playing, you didn't uh, talk about the keyboard, so did you teach yourself how to play piano?
1: Yes, pretty much. Yeah. And I'm a muscle memory kind of person. I don't really know the chords I'm playing. I don't know the names of things. It's very embarrassing when I go to, you know, teach my songs to like the bass, bass player that is so, you know, knowledgeable of all such things. And I have to fumble my way. And, you know, you but, know what uh, though,
0: At the end of the day, it's stuff coming out of the speakers. They don't know how it got there. I know, I
1: know.
2: You know, like
0: uh, Frank Morgan in The Wizard of Oz, right? To pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, he's the man behind the
1: curtain. Yeah, and I'm still very much geared towards like what I could play live. I'm still like a, a performer and songwriter, like a bard, you know? So the piano parts are all stuff that I'm able to play live and sing at the same time. And that's how we recorded the album um, we luckily recorded it before COVID in this awesome studio that is not really existing anymore, but it was where Stevie Wonder recorded a bunch of albums. So I got to play this nine foot grand piano that Stevie Wonder it's now belongs to Stevie Wonder, but it was still in the studio at that time. And he recorded a bunch of records on it, so that's why we chose Money Mark. He he directed me to this studio because of that piano. So that's on. That track.
0: I, I don't know which albums are, but like three of them he did with playing almost per near everything. Started with the drums. Oh, and he's
1: shit. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. The inner and that stuff. I know that era. He really is an amazing cat. And, and, and Little Bird.
1: Little Bird. I wrote that as advice to myself and to a friend. We all grew up together, and the things that happen to you in your youth, it takes, you know, your whole lifetime to get over them.
0: And uh, <laughs> sometimes if you do.
1: yeah yeah if you never do so and and if you don't get over it maybe you can just get through them and (laughs) you know forge a way forward so that song that it's it's kind of has like this light um samba like you know happy everything's happy on the outside but at the inside the song on the bridge there's like some dark secrets in there so and then it goes back to everything's okay everything's okay so that's kind of the way you have to get through life, seems like, oftentimes.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> little, do, little, little yeah. birds are, can be very inspiring. But if you were the size of a bug, you might be mm. chowed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that one's funny. It, uh, it it proposes all these places to go to getaway. Right, and, right. Um, I'm a L.A., uh, you know, born and bred and I've always dreamed of moving away, leaving the big city, going somewhere else. So that one is like inspiration to, you know, try other things.
0: Maybe tour life.
1: Oh, tour life. Yeah, that for a long time, that that satisfied that. But um, now I have my family. Right, and... of course.
0: Different focus, different focus. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you're like the sun in your solar system. So all these things can orbit you and be righteous. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Me, it's been a big honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Please come back. Any other new stuff you do. Thanks Um,
1: so much for having me. Absolutely. It's
0: been fun. Okay, people, November 9, 2021 edition of the WAPEDRO show. Keep your powder dry.